You're listening to the Goop Podcast, made possible by our friends at Kettle One Botanical. Nearly any event is better with a cocktail. We abide by this motto at Goop, especially when it comes to planning our wellness summits in Goop Health. At our summit last June in LA, we did a final toast with Kettle One Botanical, and we are excited to bring Kettle One Botanical Cocktails back to InGoop Health this March in New York City. Kettle One Botanical makes for about as delicious a cocktail as I think you can get. It's vodka distilled with real botanicals. There's no sugar, no artificial sweeteners, and it's made with non-GMO grain. There are three different varietals, cucumber and mint, grapefruit and rose, and peach and orange blossom. You can head to goop.com for some cocktail ideas using Kettle One Botanical. And to shop Kettle One Botanical online, go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com. Hi again. Thanks for joining us. If this is your first time, here's what you can expect. Every Thursday and a bunch of Tuesdays coming up, Goop editors will be sitting down with thought leaders who are pushing boundaries in their fields. I'll be interviewing some guests who have completely changed our culture. You'll also hear a lot from my chief content officer, Elise Lunin. I know I'm biased, but I think she's the best interviewer around. Today, I'm thrilled to be talking to Elena Brower. I originally met Elena when she taught me yoga way back when, and she's incredibly wise. Elena has written a few books, workbooks, and journals like Art of Attention and Practice You. She's also the co-author of a new book called Better Apart, The Radically Positive Way to Separate. I think you might know where this is headed. Elena and I sat down to talk about divorce, relationship endings and beginnings, and transformations, and yes, conscious uncoupling. Self-forgiveness is an extremely elegant practice that puts you on the mend psychologically, emotionally, and physically. Forgiveness is the ultimate salve for most families, and it begins with you. Let's get to it. So I've known you for probably 20 years. It's something like that. I was thinking about it today. And you know, you were the only one who actually fully supported my elopement to Jonah's dad. I'll never forget. I'm the only one? You really were. It was the, I walked into you. We were, I was teaching you. I think Moses was in your belly. And I said, I just got married in New Orleans. It was two weeks before the hurricane with two people there and a rabbi. And you said, oh, my God, that's fucking amazing. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, thank you so much. I was dealing with so much. Talk about blowback from my family. And now I understand it because now we have kids and I really get why they were bombed. But... It was so nice to have somebody who just categorically was just cool. You got to support people what they do. Like, what's the point of being like, how could you do? Like, I don't get it. You know, it's It's a a waste of energy. It is a waste of energy. Anyway, Um, but that was wonderful. And it was your first marriage. So, And it was. So, you know. First and only. Well, you never know. On the record. Well, you never know. You never know. I I will say that I did look at the pictures of you and Brad and wept. There was one in particular. It just made me weep your face. It was such a happy day. It Your was face. So you looked like you were 12. <laughs> I and felt 12, I think. You did. And it was, it was such a true, raw love. There was nothing else there. It's pretty great. I can see that. I gotta say. Yeah. Okay, why are we talking about me? Okay. I need to ask you. So anyway, the point is, I've known you for a really long time. Mm. Mm. 
And and as we're saying, this said elopement yes. ended in divorce. Divorce. A beautiful, graceful divorce. Which took a minute. As you know, <laughs> is not an easy thing to do. No. And I thought, you no. know, because talk about blowback when I Chris and I first announced our separation. Mm. People were really up in arms about it, and they they were very ridiculing about it. Which is so strange. You were just sharing what you were trying to accomplish. That's yes. what I didn't get. I'll tell you what I came to understand, yes. I think, that I think in that case, what some people might have heard was there's a right way to do this, and oh, there's gosh. a wrong way to do this. No. And no. the people who had either divorced with a lot of acrimony or were the, were the children of people who divorced with a lot of acrimony were probably pretty triggered by the whole concept. And mm. this is why it's so fucking mm. fantastic that you've written this book. Yeah. Which is called Better Apart. Yeah. The radically positive way to separate. And I think I just want to frame the conversation by saying it's never the desired outcome. No. Like, it's not why you get married. No. And it's, I think, especially hard for those of us who carry a dream of being married to the parent of your child for the Forever. rest of your life. So I want to ask you how, God, I have so many questions, I don't even know where to begin. But what was it about your experience that made you think, I need to chronicle this? There was a period of time where I was still heavily addicted to pot and smoking every day just to be numb and get myself through it. In the divorce? Yes. Uh And we've all talked about this, so there's no secret here. After that, when I I got sober four years ago from everything, which feels really nice and has catapulted my life in many different directions, which is very cool. Wow. Now you're yeah. drunk on essential oils. I'm drunk on essential oils, and I'm drunk on community. That's what's <laughs> happening. I will say that the the period of time between when I knew I had to get sober and when I finally did was a period of massive recalibration where I knew what I had to do. I had great help. I had great coaches even who were helping me see the verity and the importance of seeing this man as my son's father and as my family forever. Because you were angry. We were both angry. We were both bummed. We were both deeply saddened by the fact that it hadn't worked out, as I'm sure every divorcing couple is. And instead of letting it go down a really super, super angry path, we both, at a certain point in time, decided, I'm going to see you as my family. And I'm going to make this so that it's not acrimonious. Like you said, it's not this terrible split divide it's something that we have to work on every single day to be cool with each other plain and simple and in doing so we just got a lot of good instruction and a lot of good feedback from people who were close to us that was hard to take something was really important to hear like what oh the times when I was acting absolutely crazy and untrustworthy because I didn't trust anything including myself because I wasn't taking care of myself I couldn't behave. All the times when people around me were saying, oh, you should fucking hate him. He's the worst. And really, the truth is, we both just needed to separate and go our different ways. And that was perfectly fine. Nobody was guilty. And 
You know, for me, one piece of really hard advice I got, Mm. one of my mentors through the process said to me, I know you're, you know, I was really, and I was like angry and I was Mm. kind of on a soapbox. Mm. And he said to me, what would it look like if you had to accept the fact that you have 100% responsibility for this and your situation? And the question made me so angry Mm. and I like couldn't even have the conversation. I, I, I found it, I was, it made me so regressed and so like calcified and tight and furious it's a good word because I think you walk around like I'm, I'm entitled to feel this way yeah. and that was for me a really pivotal moment where I thought wait a minute I'm stuck in my own like ego consciousness here yes. around this and I need to zoom way 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 out and what what would it mean if I had created this for myself and what would that mean I had to learn about myself and it really did help snap me out of it. And it was really hard. And this, you know, this is like a, a, a person who would say this to, you know, people in really bad situations, just yeah. to go through the exercise of it. There's a lot of that actually in this book. There is. Yeah, you're, you know, we can't be responsible for anything but our own attitude that we're hosting. And in a way... Every single time something happens that's disagreeable or unsavory, there's a moment where we get to choose. How are we going to comport ourselves? <laughs> and how do you personally, what are the tools that you use to build in that pause? I actually walk away. You walk away. Often. I'll just say, hey, guys, even to Jonah, my son, I need a, He's 12. I need a second. He's so gorgeous. It hurts. Oh, I need a second. I'm going to walk away. I love you very much, but I have to actually walk away because I'm going to say something that I deeply will regret. Mm-hmm. So I'll be right back. So you give yourself space and time. Literally walk away. And I used to be very explosive. It was so annoying and troubling for him and hard for me. And it's no more. It doesn't mm-hmm. happen anymore. That's amazing. Mainly because somebody said to me a very similar thing, you know, take responsibility. This is all you. Yeah, maybe it is you. Lauren Zander, who's my coach, she walked me through this thing so expertly, like a sensei. And she said to me at so many different turns in the, in the dial, stop and see him as your family. Stop and see that this is you creating this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And you have the power to create something totally different. And it's just the little small things. Mm-hmm. How, you know, can I make a little list right now of what brings me peace? Can I read that list a few times during the day and just be reminded instead of going down this totally other non-constructive path littlest things got me into this pickle yeah and littlest things will actually also get me out Mm -hmm. one question that I used to encounter a lot was like you you and Chris seem like you're such good friends but you know what my husband did something horrible to me Mm. and I can't get past it or I don't want him around my kids because, Mm. you know, he Mm. X, Y, or Z. So what do you say to people who are coming to it with that experience? I immediately put it on myself and I'll say, well, I could be saying the same thing to you right now. And so could Tony. He could be saying the very same thing to you right now. Are we saying that? 
No, because we're choosing to say something else. We're choosing to host something else, create something else. And do you have suggestions for people? Like, what, what do people do then with all of that hurt and unresolved pain and all the anger? How do you expel it out of your body in yeah. order to get to the place where you can make the choice to say something different? In those moments, I always say start meticulously and vigilantly taking care of yourself and show the world Show him or her, show the kids exactly what it looks like to care so deeply for yourself that you don't need someone else's care in this moment. It changes the way everyone sees me when I'm doing that. How do you do that? Every single day, wake up a little bit earlier, sit by myself, pull a card, sit and meditate, listen to my teacher, read, breathe, lay down. Do I want to do that. Job. It's the nicest. I get out of bed like a freaking freight train and like down a pot of coffee and, you know, make breakfast and get everyone out the door. And Give me like four more minutes before the coffee. I'm going to start doing that. It's not. You don't have to do anything fancy either. You don't have to sit up perfectly straight and meditate. You can lie down on a, on a mat on the floor, put your hands facing up and just scan your body one time. That's meditation too. Mm. But that's how I do it. That sets the stage for everybody in my life to start looking at me and respecting me in a little bit different way. And over the years, I am fully convinced that my commitment to myself actually brought everybody in my space and sphere around to seeing the world of this divorce, this little encapsulated situation mm -hmm. differently mm -hmm. with more positivity. And it wasn't easy. We were both fucking guilty, just guilty mm -hmm. of all kinds of nonsense. And the truth is I could be telling you that story that other people will come to you with, or I could say, no, this was precisely what was meant to happen. And now my life is a garden. It's a different thing. And he and I are cool. And he, it turns out we got married so that he could be best friends with my current man. There the best buddies <laughs> they help each other so much it's so Great. sweet you can't imagine did tony get remarried he did but he's now divorced as well and i get to keep her she's fucking awesome <laughs> yes dr gabrielle she's amazing. amazing she's my doctor wow yes you guys are even more evolved than we are we're like it's jv not, compared you to know you guys what? it's not even evolution it's just it's just what felt right yeah I, I didn't I, I didn't do it to do it I did it no, because it, it's what I love yeah. her that's awesome she loves me and James loves Tony and Tony loves him that's all there is to it so I feel like I what I tried to do was similar in that I thought we are a family mm. we are not a couple mm. but the four of us are a family mm. and and that was confounding to some people. And I still have people in my life who are like, I don't get it. Like how, so explain how, what, how, what am I trying to say here? You have people in your space. How are you going to treat them? That's reflective of how you're treating yourself. How are you going to talk about them? That's reflective of how you talk about yourself inside. Treat That's everybody true. with respect. Mm -hmm. These people are here in your life. Why are you going to build a wall and a, and a moat when you can actually just be together and learn from each other? It's not a big deal. There, yeah, because I think if you, if you, that, 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 you get married for a reason, right? Mm, mm. I always say like an intimate relationship is a meditation and everything that's wrong with you. 
That's well said. And <laughs> I think if you if you amputate, right, then you're not you're missing a part of you're you. You're missing you're missing the lesson. And and, and you're missing the part of you that was destined to be looked at when you married this person, right? Yes. That part of me that, that I saved all the wedding pictures. Jonah has them. And that part of me that that baby-faced beauty. Oh my god, I love her so. And she needed to have that experience. I needed to have that experience. I wouldn't be who I am. I couldn't be a leader if I hadn't had that experience. I couldn't be able to, to, to empathize with people who are going through this if I hadn't had that experience. And the fact is, we, the, my co-author and I, she's a friend of mine from Cornell, hilarious gal, Gabrielle Hartley, lawyer, very well respected. And she and I came together on this. And, and the only reason why I was able to say yes to this project was it was because I'd had that experience. I was able to, it. yes, I can totally do this. What are the tenets of a better apart divorce? Patience, clarity, respect, peace, and forgiveness. These are the, 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 the crux concepts of the book. So patience is really about both holding both precision and grace with regards to all sorts of things, your court dates, your conversations, how your kids are gonna respond to things, how your friends are gonna respond to things. You have to have patience and let people go through their process because you've gone through yours and now they need their time to go through theirs. Respect is what we've been talking about, you respecting yourself enough to, to show the world how to treat you. And respect has to do with obviously yourself and your, and, and, and even if you've been deeply wronged, stolen from, cheated on, you have to respect that person, especially if you have a kid with that person or children. That, that is a choice that you made. Respect that choice. It was a good one at the time. Even if it wasn't, you still have to respect that person. How can you respect a person that has made you feel discarded or violated or desecrated? Well, I'm not saying you have to respect the act that they've committed. If it's something traumatic and deeply hurtful, then that's, that's a real thing that has to be respected. But you can respect the fact that they're in there, in that person is a five-year-old who is abused or mentally abused or physically, even sexually abused. In there is somebody who has been treated so poorly that they thought it was fine and sanctioned to do whatever they did to you. Mm -hmm. And I have worlds of space now for that. And that may just be that I'm, you know, nearing 50 and now I can see with a long view what people have gone through that would make them take actions that the way that they do these terribly negative actions. And when it comes to clarity, the third pillar, you've got clarity both in, and we're asking people to actually go through finances, like what do you own? What do you owe? What do you have? What do you make? What do you spend? Like really get clear on that stuff, granular on that stuff, so that nothing is a mystery. Nothing is scary or yeah. scarce even. It's just this is how it is. Right. This is what I would need, blah, blah, blah. Because that's often... A it's, very complicating issue in divorce. It's like you have huge. the emotional piece. Yeah. And you have the interpersonal piece. Yes. And then you have the financial piece. Yeah. Which and that's is a very big deal. stressful and very triggering. Very triggering. And if you can just get to a place, if you're listening to this and you're, you're confused and scared about it, if you can just get to a place where you know what your facts are 
and you know what you would need to survive going forward, that's what you put forward. Don't try and get more than you need. Don't be an asshole. People, I think, oftentimes in divorce, both men and women, think that they can sort of get revenge through what they're asking for. I don't sanction that. I don't condone that. I don't think it's a good idea. In well, fact, it's not good for the health anybody. Of, right. Not good for the kids. You want to teach your kids how to be greedy? That's a perfect way. Yeah. You want to teach your kid how to be generous? Even if the kid has no knowledge whatsoever of these transactions, both Tony and I have been exceedingly generous with each other energetically and financially, and there is a great benefit to that. I feel it. But I think too, you know, and this is, it's like, I think there need, you need a partner in it. It's very, yeah. very hard to do it without a like-minded, right? I mean, yes and, and no. this is what I want to ask you because. Yeah, this is a good one. Because, you know, for example, my ex-husband and I really came to it from the same space of trying to find healing and peace and to mm, create this mm, family mm. and we wanted it to happen with as much ease and grace as possible mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that's not the case in a lot of d divorces so somebody can come to the table saying hey I want I want you to be my family I love you we made this choice we have these children mm. and the other person can come from a place of fuck you I want to hurt you so how does how do you bridge that what we're purporting in the book, Gabrielle and I, is that we have a chance to treat the situation in the way that we want the future to go. And it doesn't matter what the other person is doing. How am I acting? What is my attitude is the one thing that no I matter can concern. What. No matter what is the one thing I can concern myself with. And I have seen this time and time again, dozens of situations where so many humans were with somebody who was not in the game of being great. And that person who wasn't in the game slowly but surely sees the life of the person who is in the game of being great and it decides, you know what? It might take time. It takes time. That's a better game to be in than being in the fuck you game. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, you do have to come to an agreement at some point. There does have to be, there are all sorts of legal tips in here for both parenting plans, financial assets allocation, all of it. Interesting. And, and great, great practical stuff. But if you're not with somebody who is in that game of being cool, it's okay. Keep going and keep being great and keep taking care of yourself and keep showing the world what you want the future to look like through your own actions. I think that's the most important part. Mm. We'll be right back after this quick break. The other day, someone asked me about what helps me transition from the office to home. My answer, cocktails. <laughs> There's something about the ritual of sitting down with a good cocktail at the end of a long day. For me, it's a way of leaving work behind and unwinding into the night. It's about relaxing, enjoying the moment, and just being with family and friends. Classic cocktails are great, but our food editors are really good at putting their own spin on tried and true drinks, and they're always coming up with the best cocktails using Kettle One Botanical. It's vodka distilled with real botanicals. In the Goop Test Kitchen, we've made a cucumber mint cooler and a botanical breeze, which both taste incredibly refreshing. And then our food editors came up with three different takes on a spritz. 
These were all fun cocktails like a crimson and clover sparkler with tart grapefruit and a kombucha cooler with a lemon twist. You can check out the recipes on goop.com. They all taste great, but we also really like Cattle One Botanical because they are very goopy. There's no sugar or artificial sweeteners in it, and it's made with non-GMO grain. There are three different varietals to choose from, cucumber and mint, grapefruit and rose, and peach and orange blossom. You can shop all Cattle One Botanical flavors at drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com. Back to my chat with Elena. I know a woman in Los Angeles who was married, has kids, mm. and had had a really kind of terrible prenup. Mm. And <laughs> I think which she had signed because you didn't you don't think you're ever gonna get because the divorce. sex was really good. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you sign things like that. <laughs> Her ex-husband has been really terrible in, in mm-hmm. the divorce and really not generous and as punitive as possible, et cetera. So how do you approach that? Like when it's, it's all, it's kind of predetermined, but you still have a co-parenting situation. You, you take the very highest road that you possibly can. I was standing at my mother's grave yesterday. I, I saw had that. a few minutes. Sorry. And thank you. She was such a fan of yours. Oh god. Mm. Oh lord. She would have she is loving this, I'm sure. <laughs> and I realized I, I sat there and I thought about all the things that I could possibly complain about or alchemize while I was standing there and there wasn't anything because I'm realizing what I'm trying to teach Jonah now too. There's nobody who can actually damage me. There's nobody who can hurt me or change me. There's only how I see. Mm. And in that particular case, like, I, I so sorry. The money is not there for you. The attitude is not there for you. All you can do is teach your children for this person and anyone else who's going through that. Teach your children how to respect themselves and how to be generous. And you don't need, please don't, please, if you, if you take nothing else from this, if you're listening, if you take nothing else at all, please do not speak ill of your ex to your kids ever. Mm-hmm. And if you have, go to them right now. Even if it was four years ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago, go to them right now and say, I am fucking sorry that I said that, that I did that. That is not how I'm supposed to be holding myself mm-hmm. in this world. And I think it's also more than what you're saying you know I always say like kids are on the mother's wi-fi they feel it all for sure and you can say oh how great your dad oh wonderful they can smell you from a mile away yeah so how do you in those moments what would your advice be for Mm. people who have a surge of venom yeah and they're saying the right thing. Like, how do you? I would say, be honest in the moment and say, I am not feeling positive <laughs> right now. So good. Say, I'm not feeling positive about this right now. So I'm not going to comment. I'm going to go and take a bath. I, by the way, I'm taking a bath every night because of you. Thank how you. How good are those bath it's salts? The best. I know. The best. They're so crazy magic. 
And I'm reading Ray Dalio's Principles book, and it's actually really good. Great. I have to recommend that book. Um, every single every single time you feel that way, say that you're feeling negative and opt not to talk. You are That's setting up your though. kid. You're making an impression on your kid to do the same. Mm-hmm. My kid has all sorts of you know negative uh, associations with people that he knows, or somebody said this, mm-hmm. or this one said that, right. and he's learning how instead of to say it and act on it and do all this stuff and try and get revenge in some way, either energetically or actually, just hold on for a sec. Mm-hmm. I'm not feeling good about this. I'm not commenting right now. Yeah, I'm gonna come back to you later. But the brilliant thing there is that. You know, just it just diffu- just honesty like that diffuses anything in and of itself. I it think. does. There's there's an element of I think one of the most important takeaways of this book and of this conversation would be to to practice having less emotionality. I'm not saying don't just feel your feelings. The board, right? Yeah, I'm not saying don't feel your feelings. It's really reactivity. Yes. Right. But there is an element of it where, and especially now, my God, my hormones are crazy town, and I can feel this, the chemistry. I can actually feel it. Yeah. Luckily, I, I don't have any way to numb myself except for chocolate or bath salts. So I can feel it all. And I do, girl. girl. I haven't quit yet. <laughs> girl, take it from me. The, the fun part is to actually feel the, the surge and know that you are in the moment able to choose, I am not going to take this personally, first of all, and I am not going to let this reaction run my chemistry. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna choose the chemistry that's running through my body right now. That's, I mean, if you were to draw a full circle from the yoga back through everything else to this, it's that. Yoga is about choosing what chemistry runs through your body in any given moment. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is a really important takeaway of this book and of this, this conversation in general and what you've done, too. So how do you do that? Like, how do you not let the chemistry take over in the moment? Bre- mm. Breath work? Breath work definitely helps. And I, I will say, and I don't, I'm not prescribing, and I'm not saying you have to do this if you're listening to this. I'm not saying this is the only answer, but I am saying the morning... 15 to 20 minutes of any sort of breath work, depending on what time of the month it is, because breath of fire doesn't work when you're on your cycle, but deep, full, beautiful, you know, navel breathing does. Any time that you can spend deeply breathing and just connecting to yourself, there's no, you don't have to have a mantra, although I have one from my teacher, you don't have to have anything fancy or special. Mm -hmm. But if you have that time to sit with yourself, you can start to observe the chemistry as it runs through you and you can see it and catch it later in the day when shit is starting to fly. Interesting. That's the only, that's the really the most salient teaching of, of meditation is that you get to see when you sit in the stillness, what is happening? Mm. And then you have a distinct familiarity with it later when it happens again and there are other people around and other factors and confusion, quote unquote, you get to choose how you act. Mm-hmm. It's very powerful. And, and not. And simple. But it's not the way that we are taught. No. And we are taught to feel victimized. We're taught to be reactive. We're taught, we're not taught to question, how am I going to relate to this before you actually relate to it? That's really good. The whole idea of, of relating to it consciously and thoughtfully is a, a very big part of it and not to, 
not to just unconsciously react mm -hmm. ever. That's also great for parenting. It's great for friendships. It's, it's great, great for, for everything, a couple, right? it's everybody. All of, if you're listening to this and your parents are getting older, you need this for that relationship. Mm -hmm. How do you bring consciousness to a relationship? The same way. That sitting in the morning for me is everything. And I'm a jerk sometimes with James. I can't even begin to tell you what a loser I find myself being sometimes. And then I, I always come back and I apologize. And that's also yeah, a great It's the factor. repair, right? Repairing is important. There's a guy uh, called Alan Shore, S-C-H-O-R-E. He was quoted in The Biology of Transcendence, great book for parenting and otherwise. And the, the premise is... If you shame somebody, the sooner that you can go back and repair that shame, mm -hmm. grab that person, hold that person, fix it, apologize, mm -hmm. is, the sh is to shorten the, the, in both the duration and the potency, to lessen the potency of the shaming. Mm. If our parents had known this, not that my parents were so terrible, but some other parents were of that generation where these things were not talked about. Mm -hmm. Shame is so damaging. Yeah. And it's the cause of, if, if for the folks who are listening to this, it's the cause of most of these divorces where things get acrimonious and can't be spoken about. Right. It's some childhood shame. Yeah. It's so sad. When you dig down deep into it, that's all it is. Yeah. And if it can be repaired, forgiven, apologized for, there is progress that can be made, mm -hmm. even posthumously. How do you do that? Well, a lot of times people whose parents have passed, I will actually ask them to, and this also is something that I learned from the Handel Group, from Lauren Zander, write a letter to that person, mm. committing to communicate with them as the adult that you are, apologizing for the things that you did wrong and forgiving them for the things that they did wrong in your eyes mm -hmm. and uh it's a very healing exercise even if they're gone and they'll never hear it they hear it they're hearing the veil is not so thick you know yeah. and that's a beautiful thing and if you can do that with somebody who's actually alive I've d I did it with both of my parents before my mom died and wow it was so beautiful and important and rich mm to sit with each of them in turn. Lauren was there and just, just forgive them and apologize for all the things that I'd done. And I was able to do that with Tony eventually. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry for the things that I did. Would you like to hear about what they were? And he didn't want to hear about what they were and we still were able to heal. Amazing. Yeah. There are so many different parts to this. There really are. And yeah. that's why I'm so grateful that you wrote this book because there really has not been a manual written on mm. how to try to do this in a way that... And the fun part is it has, it has meditations. It has very simple, short movements. You don't need to ever have done yoga to do them. But just inject the pause into the situation. It has, like I said, the legal tips and hints mm -hmm. for folks. And it has all these basic things that one would never think of when one was in such an emotionalized state, even regarding like, what's your parenting plan when you separate? Yeah. Are you nesting? Are you separating? Are you going to go half the week and half the week? Are you switching every other week? Are you going to live close to each other? Are you going to live far away and have a summer and winter? 
you know, there's so many different ways to roll and it's important to just have clarity mm-hmm. on all of that. And I think we too saw that there was nothing like that and we wanted to provide that yeah. for people. And last question, what would you say to anybody who might be listening to this who feels that they did not bring their best self to their mm. divorce and is having regrets about how they were and if it, and the fact that it might have had negative ramifications on their children? I'm going to read one passage. During this time, this is page 124, at least in the galleys. During this time, forgive yourself for any actions you've taken for which you feel ashamed. Self-forgiveness is an extremely elegant practice that puts you on the mend psychologically, emotionally, and physically. Forgiveness is the ultimate salve for most families, and it begins with you. And there are some quotes after that, but I just want to say to that, if you feel like you could have done better, and if you feel like too much time has passed for you to fix it, I call bullshit. You can go and fix it. You can write a letter, even if the person is dead. You can write down what you feel you need to either apologize for or forgive and fix it now. This, the energy is there, and if you do it energetically, the, the, the rest of your life will, will rise up to meet that choice that you're making. That's beautiful. Mm. Thank you. Thanks for joining my conversation with Elena Brower today. I love getting to catch up with Elena and learn from her. Be sure to check out Elena's new book, Better Apart, as well as her new set of meditations, writing prompts, and movement practices called Practice You, Daily Awakening Deck. Thanks again for listening to the Goop Podcast. Elise will be back on Thursday with one of our favorite people. Hit subscribe to keep up and please rate, review, and share with a friend. Check out goop.com slash the podcast for more info.